0: Welcome to It's a Good Life Podcast, where
1: it's all about helping entrepreneurs think, feel, and do better. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, top of the morning to you, and welcome to our annual Bold Predictions show. This is our 15th annual broadcast, which includes the state of the market, the forecast for the upcoming year, and how to prepare yourself and your business for what's coming. Uh, We're glad you've joined us today. Uh, we have three major areas or points we're going to cover today. We're going to do, first and foremost, a market and industry update with our great friend, Dr. Lawrence Yoon. Then I'm going to share with you my bold predictions, and then specifically coach you up on the three opportunities that exist in 2023 that you may not be aware of that can help you have a banner year. Uh, and so, as I mentioned, this is our 15th annual bow predictions. For the last five years, we've had Dr. Yoon as our guest, and we'll talk a little bit about it today. But we have a pretty good record, Dr. Yoon. We have forecasted quite a few things that have come to pass the last five years. Uh, Dr. Yoon, for those who don't know, is the chief economist of the National Association of Realtors and oversees their research group. And we're honored to have him back with us today. Uh, Lawrence, welcome to our broadcast. Good to see you, my friend.
0: Uh, Hello, Brian. Uh, Thank you for having me. Uh, Always uh, good to talk to you. I know the market is a little rough right now, uh, but, you know, we need to look at the data and see where things are going.
1: Well, again, we've had a pretty good track record together of helping people prepare. And I we shared with them what was coming. We told them the rates in 2020. We were telling them the rates were going to increase by, you know, 2022, make hay while the sun shines uh, and help people buy homes as a hedge against inflation before inflation was an issue. So our track record pretty good. I think on one hand, we have some sober information to share, but also some encouraging information for a lot of folks. And so let's kick it off with some stats. That's what they look for. Uh, The first thing I would love to talk about specifically, kind of get right into it, is let's talk about pending home sales, because that's really a great indicator where the market is.
0: Oh, you know, the uh, pending contract signings have been coming down throughout this year. And it's for a simple reason. Mortgage rate was rising, then rising, rising, rising. It always moves in the opposite direction. But we should note uh, that uh, the pending contract, you know, during the lockdown, uh, it crashed because we were stuck at home. Then once the economy reopened, there was a bursting of activity. So, you know, second half of 2020, 2021, fantastic real estate activity. But this year coming down. uh, So so once mortgage rate begins to stabilize, pending contracts should stabilize.
1: For sure. And a little bit of gravitational pull there, right? You have a overheated market and and then it gets to level off and and you know obviously you know agents get freaked out when the market's raging hot because they can't find help their buyer find a home and there's inventories is too quick it's this hectic pace and then when it stabilizes to a, a more solid you know pace people are freaked out because it's changed and no one likes change um and so obviously the rates have artificially been increased the fed's been very heavy-handed uh i predicted six rate increases this year, and we'll have six. But I didn't predict so many of them being 75 basis points. So they've been somewhat heavy-handed. They initially were talking about a soft landing, which you and I did not believe in. Uh, But uh, so they were, because they were a little underprepared, now they've kind of overcorrected. And so let's talk a little bit about rates. Uh, Everyone wants to know what's going on, because obviously that infects uh, so much of people's purchasing decisions but I'd like to get a little wonky with people for a second. I wanna talk about the rates, but I also wanna talk about their connection to the 10-year t- treasury yields. And again, I know that's a little technical for a lot of people. I think it's helpful to educate people how this stuff works because then they'll understand why we're able to forecast the market so well. So let's let's talk about the 30-year mortgage rate for right now.
0: Uh, you know, the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage reached 20-year high. I mean, we have not seen the rapid increase In such a short duration of time, so to go from under 3% to above 7% within a short few months, I mean, this is a rapid increase, 20-year high, and key reason as to why the buyers are retreating. I would say for the most part, uh, the buyer confidence about the real estate uh, is there. It's just that they cannot afford a much higher interest rate. Right,
1: right. And, and, you know, there's no doubt. I mean, it's like downshifting in in a stick shift car. They are grinding the gears to try to correct an overheated market. Uh, we have government spending that drives so much of this. We had so much money printed into the system. And now the Fed, which to some degree can, you could say is almost working contrary to government policy, is trying to downshift. And so it's not so much that the rates are ridiculously high, 7%. I worked in rates when it was 12 and 13%. It's just the speed of that. And I think that's what's taken so many people off guard. It's It took four months to radically change the rates like that. And so that's really been the course correction. Let's get a little wonky here for a second, uh, Lawrence, and um, talk about treasury yields and the 30-year mortgage rates, why those two are connected. And maybe you can explain to folks what a 10-year treasury yield actually is and why they're so connected.
0: Uh, You know, the uh, U.S. government, uh, they are collecting tax revenue, but spending more than that, so they have to borrow some amount. So the interest rate that the U.S. government is paying, in essence, is the blue line that you see on the screen—the 10-year Treasury yield. Uh, and in America, I mean, there are some blessings in America with the government-backed mortgages. Uh, much, much of the mortgages are go through Fannie, Freddie, or the FHA, Veterans Affairs, and consequently, this mortgage rate that we are seeing is for home buyers and not homeowners. Mm-hmm. Unlike say, country uh, people living in Ireland, Australia, when the central bank raises their rate next month, homeowners' bill rise. Yes. But not in America. Mm-hmm. But for home buyers, uh, it's a difficult situation. But when the government interest rate rises, naturally, that's going to push up other interest rate. And what we find is that the mortgage rate and ten year treasury generally moves very similarly together.
1: Right, which also should give people a little encouragement to know. Uh, the forward-looking forecast for themselves of where things are at. Obviously, right now, I have treasury bills uh, that I bought because they're paying me 4.3% than having the cash sit in the bank. And so then they loan that money out and the banking system borrows that money and then relends that money again. So there's a very much a direct connection between, here's what the US is paying for its debt and then here's what the banks will then charge on top of that. And so it's, it's super connected. And we have a little graph here that talks about the abnormal spread between the ten-year treasury and the thirty-year mortgage. And maybe you can speak to that. We have a little bit of an anomaly going on right now.
0: Uh, we have a bizarre condition uh, mm-hmm. because normally the spread would be two percentage points. Uh, what it, in, in essence, means if government can borrow at four percent, mortgage rate should be six percent. Mm-hmm. You know, two percentage point above that. But what's happening now is that the spread is much larger than normal. There's only two occurrences which this happened in recent history. One was when the Lehman Brothers went bankrupt during 2008. There was a massive panic in Wall Street. So for a few months, it was abnormal spread. And the second occurrence was when COVID, ugly COVID arrived to the country. We were locked down. People did not know about the future. Some degree of panic in the uh, mortgage market, treasury markets, so wider spread. But one thing to note is that this widespread begins to diminish quickly over time mm-hmm. uh, within, say, three, four, five months. But right now it is abnormally high. Once this spread returns back to normal, mortgage rate could possibly be in the, say, under 6%, mm-hmm. I think that's a possibility.
1: Yes, I do think that. And obviously right now what we have is lenders are also charging points up front because they know the rates are going to change. Uh, they know it's inevitable. Like the, the Fed has already signaled, hey, you know, there's one more uh, rate hike coming this year, but uh, there's a pretty good chance uh, it won't be 75 basis points. They are going to stay vigilant and chasing after inflation, but we're going to start to see some easing certainly in the pace of the rate changes. And then with that, the banks, the mortgage companies, they still need to make money. So they're charging a lot right now because they know people are when the rate changes, people are going to refi. So these mortgages they're making are going to have a short lived span. So they're trying to make profit on it now. So we do have a lot of factors all hitting the interest rates right now. It is a little tough. Would you say from a rate standpoint, we're kind of we're past the worst of it at this stage? Uh,
0: mortgage rate, 7%. I don't think we will get back to 7% mortgage rate. Yeah. So we are past the peak. Uh, the key question is, uh, how fast could the rates decline? Mm-hmm. I don't anticipate any rapid decline. Yeah. Now, narrowing of the spread will definitely help. But also the Fed, they will raise interest rate maybe one or two more times. Uh, but it looks like less aggressive move. And also the mortgage market and the treasury market already knows this. So it's not a surprise, which means that even on the day when the Fed raises interest rate, uh, the mortgage rate may not move all that much.
1: It won't. It won't. And again, we're seeing the stock market is already built in and anticipates this. The stock market's six to nine months out and they're already saying, hey, they're already forecasting past it. It takes a while for the uh, real estate business to catch up. And and another reason for that, obviously, is uh, and I'll talk about it later on, is the impact of rents. You know, a hot topic we always get into, Lawrence, is inventory levels. So a lot of times when they screech these rates, inventory levels start to expand significantly and market times start to expand significantly. That's not exactly happening right now. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about inventory levels and what you're forecasting for 2023.
0: So first on the raw number of counts of inventory available on the market today, uh, it is very low little over $1 Mm -hmm. Contrast this to back in the 2009-2010 period when we had four times more inventory, foreclosure crisis, job cuts. People were forced to sell their home. But today, uh, there's a job creation. Mm -hmm. I know that in some industry, they're laying off workers, but other industries are hiring people. So overall, there's more job creation. So much less of a forced sale of a home Consequently, uh, there is a limited inventory and, and people who locked in at those 3% mortgage rates of the past few years. They're saying, oh, we love our mortgage rates. We don't want to give it up. Right. So even though they may need a larger size home or a better location, they're saying, yeah. oh, we love 3% mortgage Yeah, rates.
1: and that's the that's really the first dynamic we've had in, in this. I'm 36 years in the business, and I've never had a, a, a time when I've heard people say, I love my mortgage. You know, it's always, I love my home, right? I live in my home, now it's, I love my mortgage. And so that is creating some reluctance again for people to move. Uh, I'll be talking later on and in a follow-on episode about the job market. The job market is very unusual, uh, especially because of the early retirements. And it's one of the reasons why some of the tools available to the Fed are not available during this time of inflation. Um, And so COVID, early retirements have really affected things uh, on the job side. They're hoping to raise... Uh, the unemployment rate, which I know sounds cruel to people, uh, to try to stem inflation. But there's a lot of factors involved, and I don't think they have as many tools available as they used to. Uh, the other dynamic is, um, like right here in California, uh, I was looking at to, to develop a piece of land and build uh, 14 units on it, and 50% of the cost is in the, if you will, the legislative process of building the property. And I looked at it, and I go, and and the truth of the matter is, the rate of return for this investment with a high risk was three point two percent, and I'm getting four point three percent in treasuries. And I know that doesn't solve the housing problem, and I didn't house fourteen families, uh, but you've got to make it in people's best interest to in to invest and to develop. And the states and that are actually encouraging development are seeing rapid rises in the states like where I live, where they kind of make it a little punitive inventory levels are going to still remain excruciatingly, excruciatingly tight. And with that, it gets into something that you and I talk about a lot. Both of us have a great concern for this. We're both immigrants. We both want people to do well. Housing affordability. Uh, what is What are your insights on the state of housing affordability?
0: Uh, well, you know, the, the prior chart, which shows the home construction uh, mm-hmm. levels of uh, being down, uh, especially in California, which is the reason why uh, you know we are seeing the, the much lower inventory and much higher prices in California compared mm-hmm. to other states. So one has to really address about how do you get more builders to build with less regulation. Now we also have to care about the what's the right balance with the environmental issues, but we cannot be excessive in restricting mm-hmm. supply. Uh, but related to the affordability is that with much higher mortgage rates. Just punch the number into the mortgage calculator. I hope all high school curriculum actually include mandatory punching into the mortgage calculator so people will be prepared in the future about changes in mortgage rate and mortgage payment. But once one do that, for a middle-income family to buy a middle-priced home in America, yeah. it used to be people earning fifty, sixty dollars $60,000 income. Well, they could buy a starter home. That was possible in America not today. Mm -hmm. Higher mortgage rate is implying that one needs about $85,000 in income Mm -hmm. to buy a starter home. Mm -hmm. So this is really the reason why we are seeing decline in pending contracts.
1: Yeah, I I was noticing, I actually got this data from you, uh, just showing that, you know, you can see the upward uh, trend in, uh, you know, 35% right now is the percentage of salary towards a mortgage. Now, the good news is. as you're projecting through 2025, that should fall to 30%. And by 2030, it should fall to 24%. So that's an encouraging sign. Obviously not, you know, there's a lot of things can happen in wars and pestilence and things can happen in in the next uh, eight years or so. But uh, right now, it's it's a very high percentage. In fact, I was just in Toronto and, you know, our average sales price just dipped below 400000 Their average sales price in Canada is over 600000 and housing affordability, they're they're looking at ratios in excess of 40% to buy a house. And so people are really being, you know, the house rich and cash poor. Uh, so housing affordability continues to be an issue. With that, again, let's throw in the soup. We talk about interest rates. We talk about affordability. Let's talk about housing prices. And I'd like to talk about the near term. And then a little bit, let's get out a few years and talk about the long term. Um, Again, uh, you shared at the National Association of Realtors (NAR) annual some some stats here and a wonderful graph. I'd love you to talk to, um, but basically, people expect and there's a lot of articles. I just read something yesterday: prepare for housing Armageddon. You know, housing capitulation. There's buyers who are waiting and saying, "I'm just waiting until the prices come down 25 percent in order to buy." Maybe you could speak to that a little bit about what's happened the last few years. And what's happened in the next few in few years to come?
0: Uh, you know, first on the data, uh, data is indicating that this year, once all the numbers are in, uh, that median home price will be roughly ten percent above last year. Mm. So, uh, people who bought last year certainly is getting gain. I think the key question is, what about those people who bought in spring and summer and now seeing some price decline? Right. Yes, there are some price decline uh, in some markets, and also there are some seasonal factors uh, in it. But uh, as one looks back, uh, the long-term trend, you know, people have to wonder, what was the p- median price of a home uh, back in, you know, 1970, mm-hmm. 1980? So, uh, believe it or not, in 1970, if you don't believe it, talk to your grandmother and they will <laughs> explain. It was $23,000 for a typical home. Right. And now today's medium home prices are you know, closer uh, to uh, 320000 350000 yeah. So it just rises. I mean, inflation is a terrible thing for every day. But some asset, asset valuation steadily rise. Home is one of these uh, largest assets most middle class families hold on to. Uh, and going into the future, I mean, no one can know for exactly what the future is, but it's not unreasonable to assume, well, prices will be rising because of inflation. When there is an inflation, people get higher paychecks. Not an improvement necessarily in standard of living, mm-hmm. but just to catch up on the inflation. Right. Social security recipients, next year we'll be getting 8% cost of living adjustment. Right. So inflation is terrible, but we also have to recognize there's some growth in income yep. uh, and consequently that also leads to support for home prices.
1: It's a strange world we live in. The politicians will take credit for giving the retirees more money, <laughs> but it's because they have to because the rates, inter- inflation's gotten so high. So 2022, just to wrap it up, 10%, when it's all said and done, January through December, the the asset went up 10%. And that's with an interest rate that went from below four to above seven. Uh, 2023, in our discussions, you've mentioned, um, you know, unit sales will come down about 7%, but that you're expecting prices to be... Basically flat or maybe even increase a percent. Uh,
0: it's a nationwide forecast, which means that roughly half of the country will see some gain yeah. and other half of the country could see some uh, mild decline. Sure. The only exception of this forecast is I worry about San Francisco area because, yeah. you know, it's so expensive. I would not be surprised if San Francisco, Oakland region would see 15 percent price decline. But that would be the one exception. Yeah. Most other part of the country Stable prices in that. Yeah, and
1: even San Diego, like we we are, you know, we've become the garden spot. A lot of Northern California people came down here. Uh, but I would also say, you know, we had a 19% increase. And that that's bound to level off somewhat, you know, and it's like, okay, we might see three, four, five points mm-hmm. drop. So the areas where they they had the highest appreciation, you know, unless there's unusual market conditions, uh, people, you know, uh moving there. We're seeing that in the the obvious transplant markets are Florida, Texas, Tennessee, Arizona. You know, low-tax states are Nevada. Those are prospering. Um, and the, and there continues to be price pressures because people are moving from expensive areas. Like Californians go out to Texas and they're still like, hey, this, this looks like a good deal. They go to Tennessee. New Yorkers go to Tennessee and they're like, I'll take two. And so um, not great for the locals, but uh yeah, I, I like I said, you know, you're you're as we as people are preparing for the year, because they're hearing all this doom and gloom, Lawrence. Just let's make it clear. We're we're seeing a drop-off in sales. So, and again, we'll talk about this a 15% drop in the number of transactions this year, overall a 10% price increase. Next year, about a 7% drop in overall transactions, but pretty much hold steady on a national level. And then for 2024, you're forecasting a 10% increase in sales and a 5% increase in prices?
0: I think by 2024, we will definitely have lower mortgage rates. All this action by the Federal Reserve to contain inflation, uh, even if it works halfway, means we will have inflation rate of 4 5%. That means lower mortgage rates. Again, the big picture is when there is high inflation, high mortgage rates, mm-hmm. low inflation, low mortgage rates. Yeah. So the directional impact is overall for lower interest rates. And that always fuels home buying. So home buying still, you know, with ten percent growth. Uh those are nice gains.
1: Yes. And and like we said, Chairman Powell has made a commitment to his his target rate's two percent for inflation. If that's his target rate, eventually the rates are going to come down. We may never see the during COVID rates again. Uh you know, I, I have a loan on a property at one point eight seven five. I wouldn't bank on seeing that again anytime soon. But I think we're going to see better rates and it does help. Uh, I think overall, again, it's a solid market. It has been the speed of the change is what has caused the concern. Real estate companies have been laying off thousands of employees. The stocks of certain real estate companies are at all-time lows. And that's because the, the speed of the change, the rate increases, and the amount of run-up that did take place. But the, the news of our demise is greatly exaggerated. And overall, like I said, a 7% drop in sales next year, Prices holding steady. Followed by in 2024 a 10% increase in transactions and a five percent increase in price. Boy, I take that every year, right? That's a very healthy, very healthy time. So we just got to hang on, do well this next year. Let me ask you this in conclusion, Lawrence, and I always appreciate you taking the time for us. Um, what advice would you have for anybody in business in 2023? Uh, they're looking at all this data, they're hearing this stuff. What's what are your what's your best advice for them?
0: Uh, you know, you know, always uh, first understand housing is a cyclical business. So during the good years, save up some portion or invest in real estate. Rental income has been very uh, good, uh, but always prepare for some cycles going along the way. 2022, especially second half, quite an ugly data uh, related to the transaction volumes coming down. Uh, but 2023. Uh, I think we will begin to see some stabilizing and possibly even begin to see some increase towards the third and fourth quarter. Now, annual total will still be down, but I think we will begin to turn the corner uh, because mortgage rate, I believe, has already peaked and is on the way downward. You bet.
1: Well, uh, Lawrence, we really appreciate you and taking your time. I know you're traveling right now, and thanks for making your time for us. I also want to extend my appreciation to your team for all the research they do. You guys do a great job. Uh, Thank you for fueling me and my team with all your content. And we then always want to distribute it to people to help them make good decisions and navigate the market. So thank you again for participating this year. And uh, like I said, I think uh, the worst is over. There's a few more bumps along the way, but I think overall 2023 will be solid and 2024 will be great. Thanks for joining us this year for our version of uh, bowl Predictions, Lawrence.
0: Always oh, great talking to you, Brian. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Now, that was my main man, Lawrence Hune, And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and bang the drum too much. But, you know, we live in a world where uh, sportscasters make their predictions and no one ever comes back later on and said, hey, you said these guys are winning the World Series and they finished last. And you said these guys would win and they didn't even show up. Um, but if you happen to review what we've done on these bold predictions episodes. And you look at the predictions that have been given over the years. And then uh, especially with myself and Lawrence, we work together extensively on a lot of this information. And I have my own research team. I have other aspects, other people. I'd like to thank Bob Barr over at Wells Fargo, my own team who research every aspect, whether it be the Case Shillers and all the different economists out there. We have a lot of research that we do. And because of the research, we're able to give the forecasts. And on top of that, we also have thousands of people we coach one-on-one, so we know what's happening real-time in the market. And so go back and look at some of the bull predictions we've given in the past, and you'll see, I mean, very, very accurately, we have predicted the markets. Uh, you Go back to 2020 and 2021, uh, and you'll see how we predicted exactly what was going to take place during COVID and post-COVID. And the experts were talking about the real estate fall and whatnot. And now you remember, remember, maybe remember the phrase I came up with, real estate's a new toilet paper. It's going to fly off the shelves. We also talked about how that it was a hedge against inflation, that inflation was coming long before anybody was talking about inflation, long before the politicians and the economists were saying inflation was transitory. We were saying before it began, it was going to be permanent. And then we also talked about that the Fed would need to raise rates and that ultimately it would bring the market to a halt. And the goal was sell as well as you can and then you know, put some cash away for 2023. We were talking about that the last two to three years. So why do I say that? Is to pat myself on the back? Well, a little bit. But the real deal is so that you can have confidence in the future of what you're hearing. You can have confidence. These This data is the real deal. And I, I not only bet my house on it, I have a company with 250 employees, uh, $60 million a year to run that business. I put my money where my mouth is Our company strategy, our business, our Buffini company, just so you know, is not laying off people. We're hiring people. And so many of these companies that are laying people off, uh, it's because maybe their model's not ready, their systems aren't ready, they're not ready. We are, and we're going to help you to be ready. And uh, one of the things we want to help you with is to put this information in your hands. Now, what we do is take all of these charts and graphs that Lawrence and Or Wells Fargo, or whoever we get all this data from that are kind of very kind of wonky economic stuff. And we put them into the Brian Buffini Real Estate Report. And uh, if you've been with us for a long time, you know this is the time of year where you get this. Uh, We have our friends up north, we have the Canadian version as well. And there's just some great information here. And just some of the highlights that are in here for you is we cover the state of the real estate market. Again, download this. So you can present it to your clients. You can share some of this stuff. If you do share it through social media, we just ask that you give credit to where you got the data from. Uh, Buffini Company puts a lot of money into making this stuff available. Uh, Existing home sales. Uh, You'll see a historical perspective there. Again, great to educate your customers. The median home prices uh, and how they're projected to rise, contrary to what people are hearing. Uh, Then we do regional trends and we do all by the different regions. Uh, and so, so you can get some local information about mortgage rates. We talk about a buyer profile and what the trends are with buyers. Here's a seller profile, and then ultimately home ownership, the best investment. Fabulous information. We make it available to you. You go to buffiniandcompany.com. It's right there on your screen. buffiniandcompany.com/slash/2023resources. So buffiniandcompany.com/slash 2023 resources, and I'm going to give you a few other cool things there on that same uh, link uh, before we finish today. So you can go ahead and get that get that information, very powerful. Uh, you can share it, know it for your own benefit, know it for your client's benefit, put it in your laptop, put it in your iPad, and use it as your part of your presentations. So there you go. Let me shift now into some of my bold predictions, and, and along with some how-tos I have for you, Uh, so I'll kind of let you know what's coming up. So here's what I would say you can expect. We mentioned this briefly. You're going to have fewer transactions. Now, not catastrophically fewer transactions, but built upon the loss of transactions this year, it's certainly uh, not near the high watermark of where we were by the end of 2021. Uh, There will be more contract cancellations, something that is a real pet peeve of mine. I'm going to talk to you about this, and uh, we'll have the adult coaching conversation right now. And then we're gonna talk about fewer agents. There'll be fewer agents in the business. And that is uh, a very obvious dynamic. So we'll talk about that. So let's talk about fewer transactions. So where are we at? Well, as Lawrence talked about, we're down 15% on the year. That's pretty significant. And, and 24.7, almost 25% uh, in Canada. So very much more significant number up there. I, that's one of the reasons I just went to Toronto. I knew the folks were in need there. It was interesting. The response to the people in Toronto, even though I didn't even really mention it while I was up there, is just a ton of people signed up for coaching. And why? Because they know they need the help to navigate. When the market's flying high, a turkey can fly in a hurricane. When things get tight uh, and things become a little more restrictive, you need help. And the Canadians, without me actually mentioning it, uh, jumped all over coaching while I was up there. So that was uh, very confirming to what we think. Where are we at with the state of the market? Well, this will surprise you a little bit. Two thirds of millennials are likely to buy a home in the next two to three years. That's from Bank of America. So there's still tremendous pressure. You know, I, we are big fans. We've a home on the big island for many years and Manaloa, the largest ma- mountain mass in Hawaii is now erupting and it's going to erupt for a while. It's this huge subterranean movement of lava. It's under the ground, ready to boil. Well, what's under the ground ready to boil is this next graph right here. And it's the median asking rent since 1988. And just look, I mean, in the last five years, it's almost doubled. The other dynamic, and this is what uh, Chairman Powell discussed in his end of November meeting, is that rent is going to continue to be one of the largest contributors to inflation. And the reason being is that if somebody signs a lease, and when that lease comes due, the landlord is bringing the leases current with that current market. So rent is actually a trailing indicator of inflation. And so what happens is that latent effect actually contributes to inflation going forward. So just like Mauna Loa, under the ground, there's this hot lava, the pressure to buy is still significant no matter what the rates are, because rent is so high. And rent is increasing at a higher rate than the price of a home. So it is still very much in the interest of a first-time buyer to try to get in. Here's the second thing, and it's more contract cancellations. I want to share with you some stats, and I'm going to say to you that there are apologists in the industry and for the market that have tried to cushion the blow on this. So in July was really the first time that, you had a willing buyer, willing seller, go to contract, 63,000 contracts blew up. That means A willing buyer and a willing seller didn't consummate the sale. Well, what would you point to there? Well, obviously the interest rates went through a very, very high adjustment right at that time. Now, I still believe that a solid professional agent that 90% of those transactions still should have closed. But 63,000 contracts blew up in July. Well, at least the shock of the rates is gone because August then was much better. Nope, 64,000 contracts blew up in August. 60,000 in September, 60,000 again in October, and it looks like a similar number is projected here for November. It'll take a few more days for that number to come out. I'll update you on social media when it does come out. So let me just kind of talk to you now as a business coach, as a 35-year vet of the real estate business. When you have a willing buyer and you have a willing seller on a commodity that's as important to people as a home, and that deal doesn't close, 90% of the reason that transaction does not close is the competency or lack of competency of the real estate agents involved. Now, I love real estate and I love real estate people and I've dedicated my life to it. I've built an entire company to support the industry. But I'm gonna call this out. And that is this. The practices in real estate have gotten sloppy. The skills have gotten rusty. Some people have never even experienced any type of basic market. For example, in January of this year, if someone wanted to do a physical inspection with a list of repairs, they probably got beat out because there was 20 other offers. When there is no other offers or only one other offers, now people are doing a list of physical inspections, see some things that might be wrong with the property, getting nervous and scared and bailing. I've actually been a part of a couple of transactions myself as as a principal where the other side of the transaction, the agent could not. Uh, directing and lead their client. And they bailed on the transaction. Uh, And then I I ended up reselling the property for the same price. And it was just agent incompetency, agent inexperience. And I know this sounds a little harsh. Here's the thing. Sometimes a coach needs to kick you in the butt. I'm telling you right now, the skills are rusty. I'm telling you right now, there's some people who are completely untrained and unprepared for this market. Listen to these numbers. It's one out of every five transactions is blowing up right now. One out of every five deals. Now, if you really want to take a downward market and turn it into a catastrophe, have one out of every five transactions you do blow up. So I I have obviously a lot of opinions on how that can get fixed, uh, whether it be training and coaching and the skill development that needs to happen. You have to have the skills that meet the market. You have to have those. And if you don't, you're just going to get blown away. And so, so many people don't, or it's been so long since they've worked on these skills that they're learning these things the hard way. So the bottom line is um, this trend is going to continue and we need pros in the marketplace. This is a pros market. I I believe, like uh, we're preparing our clients right now to have their best year ever going into 2023. Where are most people at? Well, 70% of realtors have never worked in a normal market, a normal market. 80% 80% of lenders have never worked in a non-refi market. Obviously, right now, refis have completely dried up. 80% of the people in the loan business have never even worked in an environment like this. We have a number of clients that are in our coaching program that are lenders, and we are helping them and working through this process. By the way, they're, they're making sure they're working on their purchase business, but they're absolutely uh, engaging in all the fundamentals it takes to succeed in a market like this. These things come and go. Lawrence Yun said today, real estate's a cyclical business. It always has been. So we need to be prepared. Uh, lastly, uh, fewer agents. Obviously, this is kind of predictable. Uh, I believe there'll be a minimum of 200,000 less agents by year end 2023. Now, here, just so you know how this works if somebody joins the National Association of Realtors and they, they keep their membership, so let's say they, they renew their membership next February and they pay their dues, but they get out of the business in June they will still be on the National Association of Realtors' role. So it won't show up as this number. But I'm going to tell you this, from a practical working standpoint, there will be 200,000 less agents in the business by year end. Now, what does that mean? Obviously, I never like to see anybody fail. Um, Some of those people possibly could could be saved if they got the training and the coaching. Um, But the bottom line is most won't. What it does mean is that there will be less competition for the business that's out there and more opportunity for the pros to expand. There will be less choices, less Aunt Mary, less Uncle Jimmy, uh, people that they can do a deal with. Oh, my brother-in-law has a mortgage license, we'll get the mortgage through them. All that stuff disappears as those people have to go get real jobs. And the pros get to survive and thrive in the new market. So there'll be fewer transactions, there'll be more contract cancellations, and there'll be fewer agents in the business. Now, I'll be doing a follow-up episode to Bold Predictions in just a couple of days where I'll have more time to get into the outlook for the employment market or where inflation is going and what that's going to look like or what the stock market is doing and how to navigate that and invest. That follow-up episode will actually be released on December 15th, but if you want to get early access to this episode and all future episodes of the podcast, all you need to do is open the Apple Podcast app and click on It's a Good Life. And you'll see a banner, not only to remove ads from any episodes, but also to unlock early access to episodes. So make sure you're tuning in to It's a Good Life podcast. Let me just finish up with this for you today. There are three opportunities in today's market that are unique. Three streams of income, that I believe that those streams can become a river. And this is a pro's market. And I want to show you how to be a pro to your database. I want to show you how to expand your market, expand your business, and also expand your frame of reference and your client's frame of reference to the services you offer. So three thoughts I have for you. First of all, here's the changes for buyers and sellers with the new market. So I'll give you that and how to navigate it. So you're not having contract cancellations and you're actually getting people to jump. You're not getting people going, I'm going to wait for the market to come down 25%. You're going to do a disservice to them and yourself if you let them fall into that wrongheaded thinking. The next thing I'm going to talk to you about is putting the eye in investment and how the current market conditions are crucial for you to become part of people's investment team. And then lastly, out of state, out of mind. And I'm going to talk about how out of state moves are still going to happen at a precipitous pace. Uh, And our Canadian friends are moving to those warm weather states, that's actually picking up again. So you really need to make sure that you're in the game on all of that. So changes for buyers and sellers. These tips I'm giving you right now are to help you prepare and do a better job of leading your buyers so they don't contract cancel on you. The reason why these contracts are canceling is there's not sufficient preparation done before the contracts are written. If I'm talking to a buyer right now, let me tell you what the benefits are of this market. You know, what's the benefit? Rates are 7%. Well, first of all, there's no more panic buying. You're able to tell your clients, hey, you know, I had people buy a house they kind of liked, but because we couldn't get them anything else, some of them bought houses they don't love. You no longer have to buy a home in a panic. I have a family member who was looking at a home the other day and I told him, you don't have to jump on this. In the price range you're looking and the price you're looking at, you you got a few days to think about it. You don't have a few months to think about it. you got a few more days because there isn't 27 offers coming behind you. So no more panic buying. I think that's a plus for a buyer. Secondly, there's more choice. Now, even though inventories are short, uh, is that when they stay on the market a week extra, two weeks extra, three weeks extra, there's a couple of properties to choose from. So again, another benefit for a buyer, a little more choice. And then the third thing for a buyer is no more need for a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. Whether it's fixed for five, fixed for seven, uh, even if it's an adjustable, uh, the phrase I would give my clients, I'm not telling you to say this, but what I tell my family, what I tell my loved ones is buy and then refi, buy and then refi. You heard myself and Lawrence, uh, rates will be coming down. I believe what's going to happen here in the next year will be not this flow, but we're going to have where the market responds to the adjustments of the Fed and of inflation data. And you're going to see times when all of a sudden the rates pop down a half a point and your buyers are going to want to buy. So it's going to be like slow, 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 buy, slow, 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 buy, slow, 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 buy. That's going to happen through the first three quarters of next year. As we turn the corner into this time next year, I believe you'll start to see the rates coming down and especially into 2024. 2024 is when I expect to see rates uh, come around. So basically, if someone has to suck down a 7% mortgage right now and tell them it's a year to two years, they'll figure it out. And so I think no more panic buying, get the house you want, and then you'll get the rate you want. Some people have the rate they want, but they don't have the house they want now. So that's people who have afraid they've missed out. And speaking of people who've missed out, let's talk about sellers. You know, we talk about FOMO, the fear of missing out. And so what's happening is, and again, this this family member I was counseling the other day, they're looking at a house where the person has priced their home as if it's June. And they're holding to their price. And so what happens with the FOMO is, oh my gosh, my house was worth this. And loss is a far greater motivator than gain. So what I'm showing you here is a graph, January through October. and. uh those of you who are listening great, but I would encourage you to tune in and watch this because we have so many graphs on this presentation today. So in January, the median price in the U.S. was 350,000, and by October it's 384. Now, in June, it was 416. So what's the seller focus on? "Oh my God, I'm, it' was 416. I've lost all this money. I should have sold and a the fear of missing out. And as the pro, you've got to help them focus on 350. And that, hey, in January, your house is worth 350 and now it's 384. You're still ahead of the game. And by the way, go a year back before that and show them what it was worth the year before that. So nobody times the market perfectly on purpose. That happens by accident. I, I was just sharing a friend the other day, I bought a house for a million one 000, 000 and sold it 18 months later for 1,550,000. That is not brilliance on my part. That just happened to be, I sold it when I needed to sell it and it happened to be the top of the market. That's not genius. It could have been easily the other way around. So what we need to do is bring people back to a cadence. Hey, you bought the house for 200. Now it's worth 384. Here's the rate of return. Oh, by the way, you've outperformed the stock market by 50%. Like that's the kind of stuff that people need to hear. What inexperienced, unprofessional, non-pros are doing right now are being led by the nose by a seller who said, My house was worth 416 in June, and by God, we're putting it on the market at 416 now. And the agent goes, Okay. And here's what happens. A real pro is gonna come along in 90 days and take that listing from you. They're gonna cancel that listing with you. A real pro is gonna sit down and go, Hey, look, I understand that was a high watermark, but look, let's go back a year ago. You've already made this much money. Since you bought your home, here's been your rate of return. And that people buy emotionally and justify logically, and all of a sudden, okay, I'm not a dope. I didn't miss out. I didn't make poor decision. People need to know that. And that's what a pro is able to do. And so FOMO creates mo. The fear of missing out can create momentum for a seller to sell. Next, for a seller, more reliance on the agent. The fact of the matter is, you know, during times when when you sell a house in five days and you get 20 offers, people go, I could have done this myself. Let me say this, the market we're in now and the market that's coming is going to be more dependent on the skill level of a pro. And people are going to pay for it, and people are going to need it, and people want it. A couple of stats here, and this is from the uh, home buyers and sellers guy that NAR puts out every year. 53% of uh, sellers use the same agent to purchase a home, sell seller home. A, a share which increases to 85% of sellers when purchased a home within 10 miles. Bottom line is they want to sell with you, they want to buy with you. Uh, very, very powerful. The other dynamic, and again, this is from the National Association of Realtors, not the National Association of Buffini working by Referral Systems. The typical seller has recommended their agents twice since selling their home. 27% of sellers recommended their agent four or more times since selling their home. Do you have a system in place to cultivate those referrals? Are you staying in contact with your past customers? Are you providing items of value and connected monthly interactions, calls, notes, pop seeing them, connecting with them, being in touch, following up, providing valuable information like this from the real estate report so that they'll refer you over and over again. I hope you you take our lead and do that. And then the last thing I want to share with you is the prices are solid. You know, prices are solid. You heard that. Please remember that statement. Prices are solid. That's good for a seller. Prices are solid. Prices are holding their ground. Rates have gone up. It's been a real... Adjustment. I mean, a real hardcore check to the real estate industry. But prices are holding. That's a very, very powerful thing for a seller. So they're not on this giant roller coaster. So there's FOMO, use that to create momentum and and motivation for a seller. More reliance on the agent, very powerful. It means we're more valuable. And then prices are still solid. That's very good for a seller. Second major thing I want to talk to you about is putting the I in investment. The fact of the matter is that 92% of homeowners who were surveyed were asked to name their financial advisement team. And 92% of homeowners did not have their agent on that list. Does that mean people have a very dim view of realtors? No. It means that people associate an agent with, oh, they helped me buy my home. They help me sell my home. I love my realtor. But they don't think of a realtor as a part of their investment strategy team. It is our job to put that in their mind. And if you'll do this systematically, and I have some resources to help you with this, if you will do this systematically in 2023, you will pick up extra clients, uh, existing clients who'll do more business with you and more referrals. And that is this, real estate is the number one protection against inflation, always has been for a hundred years. And what does inflation look like? So I'm going to do a, a little basic thing on this because no one wants to talk about this because it's all politically charged anymore. But I just want to do a basic overview. Let's say someone has a million dollars cash on hand in the bank. And the bank is what makes people feel safe. It's, it's an electronic mattress, right? You have money in the bank, you feel good. And by the way, when COVID came, saving rates all over the world in all cultures exploded a lot of the money that was given out to people, they kept and kept in their savings rate because it makes other scary things going on. I'm nervous. I'm scared. I need to see cash in my bank. Well, if you have cash in the bank and you have an 8.5% inflation rate, as we've had, at the end of one year, that million dollars is $915,000. So if it's $100,000 you have in the bank, it becomes $91,500. By the end of year two, with the same inflation rate, That million dollars is $837,000. Or that $100,000 is $83,725. The fact of the matter is when the money is in a bank and it is just holding there and inflation hits it, there's a hole in the bucket. The guy once said, oh, I made a small fortune in the bank. How'd you do that? Well, I started with a large fortune. So you just need to understand that money atrophies with inflation. That's why inflation is such a deadly thing. That's why the Fed is being so draconian in its approach. Nothing harms economies and people more than inflation. So you need to be able to converse with your customers about this. If they have a million bucks sitting in a bank, imagine they had that same million bucks sitting in a piece of real estate that right off the bat's gonna hold its value. So if somebody put a million bucks into a piece of real estate two years ago, That million bucks is now worth 837,000. No, in real estate, it actually went up last year. So it's probably 1.1. And if it went in investment real estate, it's 1.1 plus income coming off the investment real estate. You have to position yourself as a person who can help your clients with their investments. So the second part of that is you gotta let your database know. You gotta let your database know. So we have, and I say we, I wrote this letter for you and it's called real estate the ultimate hedge against inflation. So dear Mary, as you know, we currently live in highly inflationary times. What you may not know is that over the past 40 years, real estate has proven to be the number one asset class as a protection against inflation. Uh, Now you may know me as someone who helps with people's residential real estate needs. However, I'd also like you to consider me as a resource for multifamily and commercial investment as well. If you or your friends or colleagues would like to grow your assets during these inflationary times, please feel free to give me a call and I'll be happy to take care of you and your referrals. So we have that letter for you. Now, you may say, I don't do commercial. I don't do multifamily. Well, go find a relationship with someone you trust. Between now and the new year, go to lunch or have a coffee with people who specialize in investment real estate or commercial real estate. Or maybe you can help. I mean, you can do you can do investment real estate up to four units pretty easy. A duplex, a fourplex. And so- Uh, It's a very, very important stream. People right now are looking to park their money beyond their house. And where can you help them out? So go to buffiniancompany.com slash 2023 resources. Just like we have the real estate report, you'll find that letter there. It's very powerful. Your clients don't know. How do we know? 92% surveyed said they did not think of their real estate agent as part of their investment advisory team. That is criminal. You have to be part of their team. You're doing them a disservice. If you have people with a million bucks in the bank who are turning it into 837 and you could have helped them, that's nuts. So let's get in the game. Whether it's 100,000, 500,000, a million, 3 million, be there, let them know, take care of it for them. They can buy residential real estate. If they wanna buy the other stuff, commercial, multifamily, you're not comfortable with it, find someone who's good at it and refer them and get a referral fee another stream of income. Next is uh, appreciation and cash flow. Now, I would need an entire episode of the It's a Good Life podcast to teach you on appreciation and cash flow. You need to be able to speak that language. And so thankfully for you, I did an episode on that. And it's episode 94 of season two of the It's a Good Life podcast. And I did a, a podcast entitled The One Decision That Makes a Millionaire. Okay, so go to the It's a Good Life podcast And um, we also have the It's a Good Life website. So if you want, actually, the website just got launched three days ago. And if you go to itsagoodlife.com, you'll see a website there, which actually has bundled together uh, groups of our favorite episodes. And so there's things on investment and all that kind of good stuff, Uh, real estate or personal growth and development, time management, whatever it is, we've grouped these together. So you can see these episodes because we've done hundreds and hundreds of episodes and it's tough to kind of find them. So, uh, that one decision that makes a millionaire, I would definitely listen to that so you can speak as somewhat of an expert or with intelligence, uh, to someone following up on that letter that you send out. So again, a a great tip there for you. So first and foremost, we talked about buyers and sellers and the changes. And then secondly, we talked about, uh, protect from inflation, let your database know. And then ultimately, uh, be able to speak about appreciation and cash flow by putting the I in investment. Lastly here, I wanna talk to you about building your out-of-state, out-of-mind network. You've heard of of out-of-sight, out-of-mind? The transitory nature of our population is gonna continue to increase. Taxes, weather, retirement, these are significant reasons. Affordability, that people are still moving. And so what you need to make sure you do is that you build out your network of agents, that you have a personal relationships with people all over the country, and whatever your state is, whatever the symbiotic relationship is. Uh, it was interesting when I was in Toronto, a lot of people from Florida and North Carolina flew up to that, as well as people from Arizona flew up to that Toronto event. Why? Because the snowbirds like to buy in warm weather states in the US. You need to build out your referral network, okay? Now, at Befini and Company, we have one of the most dynamic networks in our membership. And if you are a member, I want you to take greater advantage of this. If you're not yet a member, you should become a member. And here's why: I'm showing right now on the screen a graph from our internal analysis. Now, I want to give you a, a context on this. Referral networks typically have anywhere from a three to five percent connection rate between someone who puts their name and information into one of those sites and ends up talking to a, a realtor or lender. We are right around ninety-six percent. And these are pretty much members who have a client move into a different state or area who enter in their client into this portal. Uh, We don't charge for this. We just pass it member to member. And what I'm showing you on the graph is here's uh, the 9,300 clients that are pending. There's already been 26,000 connected this year, 900 canceled, 420 ignored, 43 got disconnected. So this is through November, we have 37,420 leads. We're expecting the number to finish somewhere just under 39,000. Uh, and that's only for 10,000 members. So we have 10,000 members who have access to this. People in our coaching or people who are in our referral, our Maker Pro system. That means there's four leads on average for every single member. Now, by the way, the more people actually let their database know they can help in this area, the more leads there's going to be. So I want you to think about it. Just as an investment in your membership at Buffini Company, you're going to get four leads next year, a minimum. That's pretty good. So uh, for those of you who are members, you need to be active and connect with the members more, get to events, see one another. We have at our masterclass events, we have the night before a mixer for you guys to connect and interact. Other events that you can go to so you can build relationships and connect with other, connect through the small groups, all the different ways you can connect. And again, in our 100 Days to Greatness training, I actually put a dialogue in there that says, are you guys working with an agent uh, in Dallas yet? If I'm talking to somebody. You know, you may not know this, but I'm part of a network of top producing agents and I can reach out and find someone in the Dallas area that I can have a lot of comfort with. who will take good care of you guys the way I take care of you. Let's talk about that when we meet. So when I find out someone who's thinking about moving out of state, I let them know, hey, you know, I can help you find an agent. And they're like, well, that's great because we don't know anybody. And they're looking for you as the trusted advisor to do that. So we train you, we have the letters to do that, the dialogues to do that, and we actually have the technological system to support you in that, and it's working out to be a four referrals per member. That's a big opportunity, I believe, in 2023. I think that number's gonna continue to grow. And so make sure you're part of that. And then the last part is, is like I say, out of state, out of mind, there's transactions and referral fees, okay? There's both transactions, because you can connect people, and then there's referral fees, which is spectacular one of our all-time favorite clients, uh, Kim McAtee. She's from Moraga, California. She just had her daughter, Megan, join her in the business. And she has, over the last five years, closed $43.8 million in transactions only referred through the Buffini Network. So she's made over $1.25 million in commissions from uh, either clients coming to her that she worked with or referral fees she received. So, Okay, $1.25 million in five years. Okay, $250,000 a year she's making in just referral fees through the network. So out of state, out of mind. Make sure your clients know you're able to do that. So we talked about the market update with Lawrence. I gave you some bold predictions and we covered these three opportunities, right? We talked about the changes for buyers and sellers. And so you need to be able to know those to prep your clients. You cannot be having contracts canceled. And so prep your client. And sometimes you have to prep the other agent with this information so they can go back and maybe save the transaction because they didn't do it up front. Remember to put the I in investment. You've got to be perceived as the investment advisor for your clients. And then out of state, out of mind, build that network and get those referral fees going. Now, my biggest advice for anyone listening or watching this program is for 2023, do not go it alone, okay? When times are tough, you can't go it alone. Get help. Now, our clients at Buffco right now are being prepared. We've actually started this since October, but we have been preparing people to have record years in 2023. If you're watching or listening to this broadcast and you don't currently have a coach, what I'm going to encourage you to do is step up, and we've made this available for you, is to have a free, no strings attached, business consultation at Buffini Company. So the same place where you get in the real estate report, the same place where you get in the investment letter, buffiniandcompany.com slash 2023 resources. Go and get a free business consultation. These folks are experts. I just sat in on one of these the other day. It was brilliant. And it's not always the case that you'll be a good fit for coaching, but the analysis and the time with the business consultation will be terrific for your business. And if coaching is a fit for you, they'll recommend it or what type of coaching. And if you get yourself a coach between now and the end of the year, come out, then start January, hit the ground running and set yourself up for a record break in 2023. So to schedule that, go to buffinicompanycom slash 2023 resources. You can actually pick your schedule. You can schedule it right online, right there on the website, and you'll be good to go. Don't forget to get the real estate report, okay? Powerful stuff, beautifully designed, some of the best research available in the marketplace, you'll be an expert to prep yourself and prep your clients and then get the letter, the real estate ultimate hedge against inflation. So jam packed hour for you today. I hope you've enjoyed it. It's our 15th annual broadcast. I know we get tens of thousands of people tuning into this. Uh, I thank you for joining me. I thank you for trusting us with your time. I hope you found this valuable. Share this uh, message with a friend who's in the biz or in the marketplace who runs a a real estate business or a mortgage business, or maybe they're in a small business, check out the podcast. I'll be doing the follow-up episode here in a couple of days where I'll give you the other side of the story, which I think you'll really like. I hope this has been beneficial for you. I wish you a Merry Christmas, and I'm excited for 2023. Buffini Company's going to grow. Our clients are going to grow. We're ready to take the air by storm. Thanks for joining me today. We'll see you soon. God bless. Made the road... Rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.